All right, here we are. Philip Malloy joins me. Philip, welcome Evening, to the Georgia. program. Any new movies in town? Any new movies? There's about uh, this is this is um, a major development, George. There's about ten opening this week, and the situation now. I was talking to a distributor recently. He told me who told me that it's very very hard to get movies um, into the cinema. Um, uh, uh, apparently, they, 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 they just, OK, a movie lasts for a week or two um, and that's basically it. Movies don't have this, what the, uh, the trade papers use call long legs anymore, George. They aren't allowed to run for six weeks or two months in the way that they did sort of in olden times. Anyway, so this week, um, there's, as I said, there's about 10. What, the, the first one off would be a film called Kill the Messenger. Now, I, I don't know if you know about this case. Kill the Messenger is a story of um, um, a reporter called Gary Webb with the, the San Jose Mercury News. And this is a story, a true story that's actually set in the mid 90s. And in the mid 90s, he stumbles on this conspiracy, this amazing conspiracy involving the CIA uh, and the CIA. Apparently in the 80s, what they had done was they uh, got into a situation where they brought drugs into America and they flooded. This is the CIA. They flooded sort of um, down sort of trodden sort of areas of big cities like Los Angeles. And what they did was then they the money that they got for the drugs, they used that money uh, to arm the Contra guerrillas. Yes, in 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 Nicaragua. Okay. And uh, this this is the whole story. So this is a story about the reporter who actually stumbled on that story. And um, and and what happened eventually was uh, he wrote the story. Uh, it got was was uh, went big all over the country. Even though this was only a small sort of local newspaper, and um, what happened was that that uh, the CIA, of course, turned on him, and the CIA he became the story rather than the story itself. And the CIA uh, used all its contacts, and they used the. Um, I've seen this described as the anti all the president's men and if you see this, the film and know the story you'll understand why because for instance the big newspapers and especially the Washington Post comes out very badly out of it they actually start to hammer this guy and claim that he inflated uh, the facts in the story and they do that for their own interests because they don't want to come off bad for not getting the story themselves uh, so that's basically it um, it's good yeah, it's very very good it's excellent really well done Jeremy Renner is in it and he's first class as well then uh, there's the, the film that um, uh, the, 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 you, you read, I'm, I'm sure, um, a film called about a film called Still Alice. And it's the film for which Julianne Moore got the best actor, actress Oscar um, a few weeks ago. And it's the story of this woman uh, who is a linguistics professor um, uh, in New York. And uh, she's at 50 years of age. She's married to a surgeon, an eminent surgeon played by Alec Baldwin in the, in the film. And she has three grown up kids. So she's at that sort of stage where, of her life where everything seems to be going well for her. And uh, she's doing a lecture and she starts to forget words. And then uh, she's out running and she loses herself. She can't find out where she is. And so she goes to a doctor and she finds that she has this rare form of Alzheimer's um, with a kind of a rabid form of Alzheimer's disease and that basically she's losing it. She's losing all her faculties. Um, so that's the story. Her dealing with that uh, and her family dealing with it. It's incredibly well done. She's wonderful in it. And um, all, all through last year, 
there was an, she she had that movie coming out. That's Julianne Moore, and as well, then there was a film directed by David Cronenberg coming out called Maps to the Stars, in which she plays this hysterical um, movie star. And it was generally felt that come Oscar time and come nomination time, that it was Maps to the Stars that she would probably be nominated for. Uh, and this opened at the Toronto Film Festival, still has opened at the Toronto Film Festival in September. And all of a sudden, people started to rave about it. She's excellent in it. It's 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 a very kind of cinematic performance, very well controlled performance. Um, I'd have to say I seriously recommend it. But if there are ten movies yeah. Uh, out, yeah, uh, where are all these? There must be there must be enormous output coming yeah, out. No, of no, America. there is. Uh, well, there's that for for a start. An awful lot of independent production companies all over the place are making movies, so they're not as dependent on the film studios as they were. The, the big film studios. The third one, if I could just mention the third one, um, it's it's written and directed. It's called Chappie, and it's written and directed by this um, South African writer director called Neil Bloomkamp. He did um, he did a movie a few years ago that was very well received called District Nine. Then he did one with Matt Damon called Elysium. I remember District Nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Okay, now this is his third one. It's set in Johannesburg, and I think it's 2019 in the near future, anyway. And policing has kind of been outsourced um, uh, to a specially designed uh, unit of droids. They're called droids. And the creator of these droids, he makes he's, he's the, the, the title of the uh, uh, he, what he does is he he creates a particular droid and he gives him his own sort of consciousness. And uh, this this droid then is kidnapped by a punk gang. He becomes the focus of a chase and search and turns the city basically into a battlefield. Hugh Jackman is in it. Hugh Jackman will be on the picture show, by the way, on Saturday night. Sigourney Weaver, Dev Patel, Charlotte Copley. And it mixes elements of RoboCop, um, E.T. and even Frankenstein. And it's incredibly well done. Very well paced. Very funny. Very colourful. Um, and I have to say it's called Chappie. And I have to say I re- I'd recommend it. Yeah, I enjoyed District 9 yeah. by, by the same uh, director. Yeah. Uh, what's this about Poldark? Well, um, actually, if you get the um, the uh, Radio Times on the, on the front cover, there's an Irish actor called Aidan Turner who's make who's starring in Paul Dark. Now, first of all, just to remind people, Paul Dark is from 1975-77 and uh, it was a huge hit on BBC at that stage. And basically it was about, he was played by Robin Ellis, wasn't he? Not sure. Yeah, played by Robin Ellis. And basically it's about this soldier coming back from the War of Independence to find that his home um, he's, he's a Cornish man and to find that, that his home in Cornwall has been sort of uh, has been overrun uh, his father has died and his fiance has taken up with another fella so that's basically it and um, it was hugely popular in the mid 70s they used to get weekly uh, audiences of 15 million people there were stories about vicars um, basically um, 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 calling off or cancelling services because they didn't want to compete with Paul Dark <laughs> uh, so that was the that's the background and uh, so what's happened now is they've gone back to it and uh, they're, they're, the BBC have the BBC has gone back to it and the the BBC has they've made uh, I think eight episodes the first eight episodes now they're based on books by a guy called Winston Graham I don't know if you remember him or not and he did 12 Paul Dark books and what they've done for the eight episodes is they've filmed two of the books if this works they'll go back and do the rest of them so it's worth looking out for
did you enjoy now concluded um, the Henry VIII series? I ah, know I did. I did. Wolf yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. And as I said to you at the time, it was been told from um, uh, Cromwell's point of view and Cromwell was played by Mark Rylance. I thought he was very, very good. So it was it was a slightly different. OK, we all know the story about the, the wives and all that kind of stuff, but it was different and it was very, very well written. Uh, very sharply written, very um, the colour and the production design was great and there was a, a, an amazing cast in it, so I liked it. All right, now, um, what's this about medical dramas dominating yeah. TV, although I can understand it because there seems to be a medical drama on all time. Well, the, the, uh, actually at the moment there's a kind of debate about where is the medical drama gone because, um, oh. yeah, because House is gone, for instance. Grey's Anatomy kind of seems to be coming towards uh, the end of its time. I have to say I'm looking forward to The Nick uh, coming back for a second season. The, the Nick is a, um, a, a series set in 1900 um, and uh, at a time when... Um, you know, there was no such thing as all, uh, as antibiotics. There was an astonishing sort of high mor- mortality rate um, in New York. It was set in New York. And uh, so it was a period medical drama. I thought it was very, very good. Now, one of the things that's happened is in England, I think they're down basically to two, which is Holby City and Casualty. And they're kind of, um, I suppose they're medical soaps, really. You know, medical soap yeah. operas. And now what has happened is a new series started um, last night week. So on Tuesday of last week, it started. And I've seen the first two episodes and it was called it's called Critical. And it's set in this state of the art, this major trauma unit. And the, it's, it's created by a guy called Jeb Mercurio. And he did a brilliant um, uh, cop series. It was kind of an internal affairs type cop series called Line of Duty. Uh, now, in this one, in, in, in Critical, what they do is they concentrate on what they call the golden hour, George. The golden hour is that 60 minute period immediately after they find a trauma case. And so that's your best chance. That's your best, cha- yeah. best chance. So you're concentrating um, on that. You're concentrating the, the drama is concentrated or built around uh, the operation that takes place. Last week, um, there was a crash between a bus and a car and this guy was suffering from multiple injuries. This week there's a suicide attempt and a woman ends up with a piece of wood through her neck. And uh, so, okay, what you're doing is you're focusing on the operation and all of the other stuff then sort okay. of, okay, the, the medical pressures, the um, um, medical politics and all of the rest, they sort of come in sideways into the thing, you know. Mm. So uh, I liked it. I've, I've liked it. I so don't far. watch any of these. Medical, Holby City or ER no, I don't, or Saint Elsewhere. No, no, I used to watch. I used to watch ER. Do you want to go for ten? Ten. I couldn't get ten, but I, I'll take a few starters. Okay, I'll 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 say ER first. Okay, I'll say Elsewhere second. I'll say Ben Casey third. Uh, yeah, Ben Casey. I'd say Mash Fort. Yeah. There's a really good series uh, on HBO called Nurse Jackie. Uh, go for that. Uh, maybe sixth. Um, uh, what let's see. Um, Doctor Kildare. Um, seventh. Uh, Medical Center is a very good uh, American series um, called Medical Center. Um, I kind of like Nip Tuck an awful lot of people I was kind of semi-satirical but I kind of like that right and uh, I haven't seen any of these I just hate them why 
I don't know. I just don't like them. But I'll tell the ones I liked. Yeah. Now, uh, Dr. Finlay's casebook. Oh, stop, will you, for God's sake. That was brilliant. Oh, yeah, it was uh, a sedate little sort of... Yes, um, absolutely. Medical Janet. With, Janet. J- Janet. Janet. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Cruikshank. Andrew Cruikshank. Uh, a good Bill actor. Bill Cronin, was it? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill uh, Owen, isn't it? No, not Bill. Bill anyway, no, no. and your one, Janet. Uh, so, Dr. Finlay's casebook. Uh, I loved Dr. Kildare. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, that was the, the kind of formula there for a period. Um, so you had the young um, doctor basically starting off, and you had the mentor. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I liked. Uh, I liked Dr. Dr. Then, of course, the wonderful emergency ward ten. <laughs> I mean, emergency ward well, ten was absolutely brilliant. That's a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah, Emerge- I was a child. Emergency ward ten, Doctor Kildare. Uh, Mash. I mean, you have to just. Well, go I mentioned for Mash. Mash. You yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Well, I we'd think all go for Mash. About twelve series, and it was yeah, consistently go, good throughout those twelve. Absolutely, series. Yeah. we'd all go for uh, Mash. Yeah. Uh, Carry on, nurse. That wasn't a TV series for a start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm digging. I'm digging, and of course, Carry on, doctor. Carry on, doctor. I mean, well, Carry on, doctor was a series because it went like. You know, Doctor at Sea, yeah. Doctor in Trouble, Doctor, remember? Yeah. There, there was a great casting. What was the one? What was the one with uh, Robert Young? Marcus Welby. I oh, kind of like that. But go back to Doctor in the House. Yeah. It was a very strong cast in the original one. Yeah. These were guys that were all under contract to the British. Rank. Yeah, the British studio rank at the time. And uh, they were all, as far as I can tell from reading various books, they were all desperate to get out of their contracts because they were so badly treated. And um, most especially in terms of the money that they were getting. Um, but it, one of the movies that they made, well, the series of movies that they made were the Doctor series. But, I mean, you had Dirk Bogart. Yeah. You had the great Donald Sinden, yes, I mean, yeah. who became a wonderful yeah, actor. Yeah. You had another guy who played a rugby-playing doctor in Welshman in, in, in Doctor in the House, and he appeared in an awful lot of British movies, but he was he was really outstanding. Mm. Uh, anyway, and, and the wonderful James Robertson Justice. James Robertson Justice. He, he became was... bankrupt about five times, apparently. Did he? Yeah. And how did he get bankrupt? I don't know. Philip Malloy is with me. Okay, ruin my day. With what? With what? Ruin your day with what? You're going to remake The Magnificent Seven. Well, I'm, why do uh, they why, insist why, 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 on remaking it? I'm not remaking it. I mean, I'm not remaking it. Okay, first of all, and, and I, I agree with you, I can't entirely understand this. Okay, it's it's a remake, and they seem to be uh, accumulating an all star cast for it. Denzel Washington is in it. Presumably, he's going to play the kind of uh, the Yul Brynner role, the Chris role. Then Chris Pratt from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's to- he's taken off as a major star all of a sudden. And Ethan Hawke, we've heard, has just le- has just uh, joined the cast today. And it's the story of this woman who hires a group of gunslingers to protect her town from a gang of rampaging bandits. So it it is, I suppose, a, a remake. Uh, the director is this man called Anton Fuqua, and he worked with Washington and Hawke on a cop thriller called Training Day. I don't know if you never remember Yes, that I do remember it, Yeah, right, well, um, Washington actually won an Oscar for it. And uh, so Magnificent Seven has been, uh, first of all, it was filmed as 
Seven Samurai about 1954 I think uh, then they redid it with, uh, with the most famous I suppose the John Sturgis film um, in 1960 and then there were three sequels to the Sturgis film each one sort of getting less and less uh, um, and now uh, we have basically had this but uh, why I mean why do they remake something that is perfect well, as you and I, we've been discussing remakes before. We've had said we've said that it really strictly it only makes sense to make a remake a movie that didn't work the first time. Yes, you know exactly. What's the point in remaking a movie that works, as you say? And uh, I don't understand it. I, I, I presumably it's things like the brand name. Uh, okay, some people saying, well, kids today that hardly be interested in Yul Brynner. Uh, basically, would they be inter- would they really be interested in Steve McQueen even? Uh, so what they want is they want to bring younger or more up to date actors. But Denzel Washington, I, absolutely, I, I, I get you. Yeah, I, I was going to come there. Oh right, yeah, he's uh, he's sixty. Yeah, he's sixty. So you know, Denzel a- Washington is hardly a pinup for young people. No, 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 no. Uh, and and um, but the other thing. Uh, you wanted to talk about something in the Irish Film Institute, okay. did you? Yeah, okay. There's a, a documentary called Dreamcatcher, which is going into the lighthouse um, oh, this right. weekend. And it's about a uh, an organization called the Dreamcatcher Foundation. And um, the Dreamcatcher Foundation basically lures um, or encourages um, prostitutes or, as they call them, sex workers um, off the streets. And in this case, uh, there's a, a former sex worker called Brenda Myers Powell. And She's going back to the streets of Chicago where her last client her previous, uh, nearly killed her. And Brenda, uh, this woman, Myers Powell, she, she walked the, the, the city streets for many years until a client beat her so furiously that she tried to escape from his car. And after her clothes got stuck in the door, he dragged her for six blocks uh, uh, scraping the skin off her face and since then uh, she's sort of helped to set up this organisation and dedicated nearly two decades to getting women and girls like herself off the streets so this documentary it, it kind of shines a light on prostitution and human trafficking in the United States but it also deals with a justice system that focuses more on punishment than rehabilitation and as I say it's called Dreamcatcher and it's going into uh, it's directed by a um, um, a, a highly respected uh, documentary director, a woman called Kim uh, Longinotto, and uh, it's going into the lighthouse on Friday. And the Irish Film Institute with uh, Defret? Yeah, Defret is one I really like to have to say. Some people have been talking about clunky and stuff like that. I didn't find it particularly clunky. First of all, it's another movie based on a true story, and this one deals with the tradition of abduction for marriage in Ethiopia. And it's about this 14-year-old girl who at the beginning we see her, see her in her school class and um, her teacher is complimenting her on something that she did, she, she's done. She gets out and like the rest of them, she's running home and a group of six men on horseback, uh, they catch up with her and basically they kidnap her and she's placed in this kind of outhouse on a farm and beaten until she gives in. But um, what happens is in, a, in an attempted escape, she actually kills uh, the guy who wants to marry her. She's arrested, accused of murder and this women's legal legal aid group, uh, they uh, take up her case. Now, the subsequent kind of court uh, case, it puts the practice of abduction for marriage on trial. 
as kind of an extension of male-female relations in Ethiopian society in general. And it's very, very, very well done. It's like you and I talk about um, small films and independently made films. Uh, we've talked about them over the years. This, the, the, the two sort of principal qualities, I think, uh, that you think about with a small independent newspaper, uh, new, um, uh, movie are uh, uh, good acting and, and a good script. And that's what this has, George, good acting and a good script. The executive producer on it, by the way, is Angelina Jolie. All right. So, uh, uh, what's on the picture show this weekend? On the picture show this weekend, we have Hugh Jackman um, and his movie uh, Chappie, and uh, we have the director of Chappie. Uh, then we're dealing with the director and star of a, a movie called X Plus Y, which is about autism, uh, and we have a couple of other really interesting things as well. So, all right, uh, Philip will be back of course on Saturday with the picture show if there isn't any soccer, uh, yeah. but uh, he'll be back here next Wednesday with movies and television.